Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Or should I say, bienvenidos. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. No, Jay, what's going on? No, I should have workshopped that before. Yeah, I think you could have gotten a focus group that would have eliminated that being an option entirely. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the Mexico <laughs> Open presented by Vedante or whatever the hell. I just, you know, just trying to get in the mood. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Well, well played. Well played, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for your support. Hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. You just got to try some things, you know. <laughs> that, my friend, was taking a nap. <laughs> uh, so hopefully everyone out there is doing well. Thanks for joining us again on another episode. Uh, I feel like we got a lot to talk about tonight, and I feel like I'm going to be very angry and pissy. So <laughs> oh, uh, imagine that. I can't. Yeah, way, to, way to catch us off guard. Let's uh, let's start with our, our usual segment. Gentlemen, what are you drinking? I'll start. 1792 uh, Bullproof. It's mm. the Virginia ABC selection that they uh, released a couple months back. It's awesome. In a roundabout way. There you go. I had an opportunity to buy that earlier this week, but I saw it at 125 proof. It's going to be a little spicy. Just gotta oh, let yeah. it sit. Just gotta let it sit. Yeah, I hear you. I had I actually missed my bourbon drop today. Uh, we had to leave town. I'm in Knoxville currently, and I knew the drop was there. And this morning, I was like, "Hey, Tori, can you uh, you stop by liquor store for me later today?" <laughs> that was met with a hard pass. <laughs> um, she did not go by my Weller. I'm hoping Thursday that there might still be some left. Um, the guys are pretty good over there. I need to call them. Hopefully, they'll put a bottle or two aside for me. But um, I am currently drinking Corona Light. I did have a Weller earlier at dinner with a staff profession. Um, so I did have you know my my brown juice earlier on. I just don't have it here for the podcast. Okay. So cold and gold? Cold and gold. Or is it Corona gold and gold? Is there a preference to that order there? Mike, I'm struggling to tell the difference, buddy. (laughs) But yeah, Corona Light has entered the chat. All right, cool. You know, I've been somehow getting ridiculed every week when I tell you what bourbon I'm drinking. So this week, I went cheap. I went easy to find. Larceny. There. That's good. Take that. Did you get the barrel proof or just the regular? No, just the plain Jane run-of-the-mill larceny if you get it's on the shelves right now for those who are listening all of you all all ten thousand it's or ten <laughs> it's the 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 new larceny barrel proof i think it's the a124 you know they kind of code it for the year and and the the release date but the a124 is a super 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 good bourbon it's still like 40 or 50 bucks. It's a highly rated bourbon. It's actually one of the highest rated bourbons that they've released in 2024. Um, so if you can I'll find it, that. if you're in Virginia now, granted, you could, if you're in another state, I would still look for it. It may be, it may be priced higher than that, but if you're in Virginia and you can go to your local ABC store and, and get it, just get two bottles, just get two, save one. Don't drink it. Just hide it because it's a good chance that at some point you can probably you can drink it or you can turn around and sell it for a couple hundred bucks in a couple of years. 
There you go. I'll have to go stop by and get that. I've had this just plain Jane bottle for a while here, and I just get sick of, sick of getting ridiculed every week for drinking <laughs> something nice. Yeah, well, like, sorry, you, you bring out these bottles. I don't even know how much this costs. <laughs> this doesn't make you sound good, Mike. You're not in touch with the people. <laughs> you got to be in touch with the people, man. The, the people are who buy me this shit most of the time. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, buddy. All right, let's uh, let's get to some golf. Oh, uh, breaking news for the show for all of our listeners. I uh, got a lot of inquiries about this. A lot of people talking in the in the circles of uh, the E Niners that listen to us. Um, but officially, as of this morning, you'll all be happy to hear that Jay Woodson has a gin number. <laughs> uh, I do now. Mikey, thanks for uh, signing me up. Uh, I'm going to enter all these 72s and 3s and 4s and 6s that I've shot, and we'll keep Don't this. leave out the 68 you shot yesterday or the 64 in November. <laughs> Does she know 64 in November? Yeah. What? Uh, on your birthday. You're going oh, yeah. to work all night. Right. Yeah, you're the right. pro right. at your club can audit your scores and make sure that you're getting posted. You're going to look all, you're going to post your scores and feel like you're coming in at a nice scratch. You're going to look plus six. <laughs> I'm sure tournament Ma- Mikey will definitely do that. He'll, no, he'll keep I'm a man, right. <laughs> I'm a man of integrity. I'm going to make sure it's honest. The scores are accurate. I'm not going to falsify anything. As long as you don't falsify anything, then we won't have a problem. Jay, just be no, an honest man. I, I'm, I, if I shoot, if I shoot a good score, I'm going to put it in. Um, but if you need any help setting it up or how to post it or download <laughs> on the app, just go see your local PJ professional. They'll be happy to help you out. I have not I have not had a gin handicap for 20 at least 20 plus years. I yeah, no, longer than that. So what year is it? 2024. I've not had a gin handicap since yeah. Over 20 There's years. So many people across Short Pump and Palatan that are currently celebrating like I might actually win somebody off of Jay. I'm not going to get screwed. <laughs> I did have somebody call me a sandbagger today. <laughs> <laughs> totally non totally non-related it was something uh, else and they called okay. me a sandbagger and i was like what i was like that's i feel like i'm talking to mike maroney right now your, like your reputation precedes you Jay. <laughs> <laughs> that's hey you just got to get the bet right before you tee off that's all uh-huh and yeah, bets are like, one of the first tee. just like yesterday i'm like oh yeah i, I played fine and played great and played awful and got my ass kicked for about two of almost two hundred dollars so you know whatever <laughs> you didn't you didn't have a whole lot of help that's all right that's okay all right let's get to some real golf uh the mexico open at vedanta the napster as i'm calling him everyone's going with nap time because that's like his instagram handle but i'm calling him the napster remember the naps remember napster the pirating uh, yes. website old enough yeah yeah it was great so the napster jake knapp Wins in Mexico. Um, Mayor of Tempo Town. His mm. rhythm is awesome. Guy just absolutely mashes it and it doesn't look like, like he's doing it. And I'll got to tip the tip the cap of the guy. Man, he he struggled Sunday. He did not look good or comfortable Sunday, but found a way to do just enough to uh, to get it in. So thoughts? I love watching his swing. I mean, it, I saw a side-by-side in slow-mo with him and Freddie. At full speed, it's different. But the slow-mo with him and Freddie, it is 
really, really close. I mean, he puts the club in a lot of great locations. Um, it's very flowing in a fluid golf swing. Um, I think he's someone who can certainly make a dent out there with what he has. It's a very natural motion. It's a great natural motion. And I think he's someone that we're going to see play well moving forward. He's had some, he's really been trending in the right direction. And I don't think there's any signs of him really slowing up. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens after a win on tour. Does he have the lull after this, or is he able to capitalize on the success that he's had? Um, yeah, I, I, I like the guy. He's got a really cool story. Um, he, he just he seems like someone that can that can golf his ball. He doesn't seem like he gets very up and down. He seems pretty even keel, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see him play more golf. Yeah, especially for a guy who you know you're talking about. See how he does after. What does this win do for him? How does he handle it? Because he never won on the Corn Ferry Tour, so it's not like his guy came to the PGA Tour winning a whole bunch, knowing what it, what it feels like. Obviously, I'm sure he won at, at lower levels, but it's been a while, you know, since since he won. So uh, I'll be curious to see how it it, it manifests itself here um, for the rest of the season. No, I agree. I agree, Jack. Yeah, I, I think the thing that stood out for me is, you know, his strength was, or is, I should say, is his, his distance off the tee. Um, you and, reckon? I mean, what's that? You reckon? You reckon? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that that's his strength. Obviously, and then and then and then uh, I would say some ball striking obviously in there and if you look ball striking stats are they're better than average just because of probably how far he's hitting it. But his weakness is his short game. That's something that is not a strength of his and he had to rely on that heavily. I think he only hit half of the greens that final round. So for him to get up and down only two over, fairways. Only two fairways. And, and he missed a bunch of greens. I think, I mean, if you look at the first two rounds, he was hitting like first round 17 for 18, second round 15 for 18. It was, he was in the uh, mid to upper teens all three rounds. In the last round, I think he hit nine or 10 greens in the last round. And nine, he, nine there you go. So he hit 50% of his, 50% of his greens, 50%, which is if you're hitting 50% of your greens on the reg, you're not a PJ tour player. You're not going to make it. So the fact that he was able to still get the ball in the hole, get the ball up and down, win a golf tournament with his not not even close to his best game, um, and, and, and he relied on his weakness, and he was able to win a PGA Tour event relying on his weak, the weakest part of his game. I feel like that's like the, the 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 biggest confidence boost that you could possibly have. You know, it's one thing for a guy to win. I'm like, man, I played great. I, I played out of my mind. I drove the ball incredibly. I hit great iron shots. I made 20, 30 footers. But you take a guy who in the final round only hit a couple fairways when his strength is how far he drives it and how straight he drives it. And then uh, for somebody who's a very decent to strong iron player, very below average on that final round and then has to rely on the part of his game that is probably gives him the most anxiety. And he was able to perform under, under the gun, uh, in the clutch moments. I mean, he had to get him down like three or four times in the last, you know, six or seven holes and he did it. And it's not like he was chipping it to, I mean, he had good chips. He, he, he didn't hit, he wasn't hitting bad chips. He hit good chips, but he still had to make, he still had to go up and make like a five to six, seven footer on some of these holes. And he made them like, yeah. like over and over and over. He kept doing it. And I was like, is this guy going to just, I was thinking he was just going to kind of fold and miss a couple putts, but he just didn't do it. 
So I don't know, in my opinion, with a guy with, with that type of skill set and that length off the tee, and then he was able to rely on, on the, the part of his game that he really struggled with. Um, that's got to be just the the biggest confidence boost. So, I, honestly, it would not surprise me if this guy just kept kept his foot, you know, on the pedal and just just rolled through. I mean, because it's not like you're talking about a a guy who, you know, like I said, hasn't played great golf and just had one great week, and you're like, okay, let's see if I can extend making these twenty footers or hitting my seven iron to ten feet. I mean. If he could, if he played as well as he was playing the 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 the, the days prior, he would have won by six or seven. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I, I mean, that's pretty impressive. I think I think he's probably. It wouldn't surprise me if he wins another tournament that before the end of the year. Just kind of riding on this. The only thing that scares me with his swing, it's super long, and it's well, it's it, that doesn't that doesn't scare me. It's actually what I saw when they did the slow mo side by side with. Freddie, he he has a lot of hand action and a lot of wrist action. Almost, uh-huh. I'm not going to say flippy, but oh, it's if flippy. you look at the comparison the way through between him and Freddie, where their club is in relation to their forearms, it's like yeah. And you and you kind of saw that off the tee, especially the first few holes. He had that tentative move, and when you get tentative, the body rotation slows down, and then his overactive hands go at it, and he. You know, pulled two left, and then the third one he snipe hooked into the the water. When the uh, the TV announcer was like, "Yeah, he can let go of this one. There's a lot of space out there to hit it." And now there wasn't that much space for Jake because he sniped it into the water. So he, I, I'm a little leery on that hand. Actually, I would love love to see him quiet that down a little bit, um, and and not get so flippy. The yeah, thing I like I mean, is that he won in the face of adversity, even after. You know, missing all those greens and having to rely on his weakness. That's some, the way I look at it, that's something that shows a strong mental fortitude and a strong player. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I know I, yeah. I, I noticed the same thing, Mike, and that's, he's always kind of been like that. I mean, we spoke about it last week and the weeks prior, you know, played a little bit of golf with him on the Canadian tour, but he, I mean, it was always super long, but it did look, look just like that. Like he, he just never looked like he was swinging hard, which is like, it's like, man, you're, that's 190 plus ball, ball speed. <laughs> it looks like you're, it looks like you're hitting like a nine iron, you know, which is kind of crazy. And but, he has nice, nice rhythm and touch when he has to hit a little, yeah. you know, 90 yard wedge shot or a hundred yard wedge shot, you know, I just don't yeah, I like. Thought, I I just don't like a guy who swings it that fast. I never like to see the ball curving that much right to left for a right-handed golfer. I just yeah. I just feel like, and I I noticed that at the end that they had the shot tracer on there, and it was he was some uh, some pretty big, pretty big curving shots from right to left, and I was like, that's never a good sign for a for a really good player to be to make it repeatable under the gun, like to drop that club that far underneath and, and just time, like you said, Mike, with your hands, that, 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 that's a little scary. Yeah. McLean, you got something? I, I like the way he sawed off some iron shots with his tempo. It, it, it didn't look forced to the very natural and fluid in those moments. As we know, we see the best iron players in the world. Most tour players, they aren't hitting full iron shots. And he seemed to really have control over his distance and his speed um, on those shots. And especially with a guy that has that amount of distance, normally 
uh, maybe not normally, but a lot of times you see guys that struggle controlling their distance. He didn't seem like he had that. I, I really like the way that he hit a lot of those 75 and 80% iron shots. That's kind of his go-to, which we know that's what you see out of the best players in the world. And I think he's someone that can, you know, if he can control that speed and tempo, he's someone that can compete out there with his distance. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's the thing. There's never going to be a golf course that's too long for him. <laughs> Absolutely uh, You know, you don't have to worry about from a from a course fit from that uh, that standpoint like like some guys may. So, uh, yeah, he seems and you kind of alluded to it earlier. He he's, he has a cool story. He he seems like he has a little bit of a personality, maybe not so dry and boring like a lot of guys can be nowadays on the PGA tour. And I, th- I think the PGA tour is is lacking a characters per se or We're personality. We're lacking depth in that aspect. Yes. From the personality standpoint, it, it's not, you know, it's kind of bland for the most part. You know, a lot of those personalities uh, he, went, went to live. Yeah. And when he won, you know, he shot, or when he graduated from Corn Ferry, he shotgunned that beer in the crowd. Um, personally, I like seeing that. I like seeing an active guy. I like seeing someone who's willing to engage in that way. And it was a celebratory act, obviously. But on the backside of that, he's got a good personality. He's someone that, you know, it's going to be fun to follow. It's going to be fun to watch what he does on course and potentially off course. You know, I'd love to see his social media uh, start to pick up here and him start to get into not necessarily max homo level, but to start to allow fans to engage with him more on a regular basis and get a glimpse inside of what makes Jake Knapp tick. Um, yeah. Why is why is he able to go out there and be successful? And what does he look like off the course? The guy has a massive opportunity here to. Uh, become a player and obviously the playing will all speak for itself but on the back side of that to have a big following i think he's got right now you know the the iron's hot it's time to strike yeah people are already looking at him he's got a great name for it i mean the nap blast name you can do so much with that mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where he takes this what direction if he puts a team around him you got to think that right now people are calling his phone left and right to try and get in that circle and we don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing yet you know it could be something that helps to elevate his game it could be something that becomes a um a distraction so it'll be interesting to see where he's able to take this current success and what he's able to build off of it yeah i'm uh I'm a fan. I'll be I'll be rooting for him um, for sure moving forward and, and, and kind of see what he does again. Again, it's just I mean it's fun Absolutely. to watch, right? It just it's a pretty Absolutely. golf swing. It, the 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 fluidness of it, the, the the tempo of it, how he hammers it. It's uh, it's just you can just watch his swing on repeat over and over and over again, and uh, it's just a, a a thing of thing of beauty. And you know what? You know, it's also a thing of beauty. His girlfriend. Just uh, hats off to her, too. Oh, I got to find that picture. Hat, hats off to his girlfriend. She's she's pretty as well. So, you know. I have heard that. <laughs> um, anything else on Jake Knapp or even the Mexico Open? Tony Fino blew it again. I think we covered it. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm not going to give Tony any crap. I mean, when you're like head and shoulders above everyone else in that field, it like the pressure to like 
perform and win is is tough. You know, we talked about a couple of years ago when Rom won. It was like to go down there when you're expected to win and win is and golf tough. is tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't I don't blame Tony all that much. I mean, he played fine. 69, 67, 69, 68. Yeah, he played some good golf. I mean, it wasn't like, yeah. I mean, he fin- what, did, what did he end up finishing? Like T11. Yeah, I was about to say top 15. That's, I mean, that's or sorry, t- uh, T13. He was 11 under. That's a good week. I mean, yeah, that's a good week. I don't fault him. Don't fault him. Um, all right. Do we want to get, that's a lot of live. Related news this past week. Um, Let's just get into it. Let's just go. Let's talk right, to uh, okay. Well, let's. Okay, we'll start there. That's where Anthony, you have to. Okay, Anthony Kim, officially a member of Live Golf, not on a team. He's a whatever free agent, just playing individual. Something that they've added on. Um, a couple guys are just playing individual, not uh, on the team we'll portion. Two guys in event. Two guys in event. Okay, there you go. Two guys in event from our live correspondent there. Um, <laughs> but he is playing in the Saudi Arabian um, event this week. Saw some videos. Swing looks pretty much the same. He looks like a hobo. The other thoughts I have, and I kind of texted you guys as we were texting about this the other day. This could, this is a big win for them from a publicity, eyeballs, buzz. However, it could be a huge failure as well, not failure, but it could be a dud as well. And the reason I say that is they should have waited until it was an American event. Because they're in Saudi Arabia, which will be on TV here in the United States in the night. middle of the night. They then go to Singapore, which will be on in the middle or wherever, will, which will be on in the middle of the night. You'll wake up and already see what he shot. So you won't be able to see him live. And if he goes out and posts 75, 76, 73, all the buzz is gone. Yeah. And people yeah. will not, if he throws a dud in these first two events, people will not tune in to see him play. Once it's back live in the United States, back in America, I would have waited until it was live. You know, I think, I think Miami is their next event in the United States. Hey, AK, we're holding you off until it's in the States again. Cause it, if he does not play well, now he could, nobody knows. I mean, again, the guy's been off professional golf for 12 years. That is a massive layover. If, if he sucks, you might just all the air might come out of this balloon. I don't disagree with that. I think ultimately the Saudis wanted him playing in Saudi for the first event. I, I think this was organized on purpose. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I'm certainly going to tune in to see what he shoots. I may not watch it live, but I want to see some action from it. it. It's the biggest story in golf right this second is the fact that Anthony Kim is back, like it or not. It just it is what it is. I love the golf swing watching him. I don't disagree with, you know, how he looks right now. I think he's got a full sleeve on his left arm. He's got long hair. He's not been, it's a different player. The unique side of it is that he could be a guy that brings a different group of players to the game. You know, he could be your happy Gilmore for lack of a better uh, description of bringing guys that are non-traditional to the game. You're like, wait a second, we've got a guy out here 
that doesn't look like the traditional golfer. He is playing well. If he plays well, um, he's playing well. He's someone that a lot of people can relate to, especially in certain parts of the country. It could be a good thing. I hope he plays well. I mean, I don't think there's a loss if the guy plays well. I think it's a win all around the curtain for every single, um, every single person in the golf industry. Yeah, I agree. I think it, if he plays well, it's a win-win for every, not just live. It will be a bit, huge win for for live golf. But I think it, like to your point, like I think Anthony Kim's attitude in the past of the way he played golf and the way he went at it, I think he was a little bit uh, premature in terms of attracting some of the same people with the sim- similar mindset um, and the way they look at things. And I think he was probably a, about a decade to a half a decade early. And here he is, kind of that careless attitude, like I play golf, I do what I want, you know, F you kind of. And a lot of people, I'm not saying it would be rude, but a lot of people have that that mentality. Uh, it's similar to what AK has. Um, and I think that's part of what made him, what made him great. But uh, you're right. I think I could not understand why they wanted to debut in, uh, in, in the Middle East. It just doesn't it doesn't make it any just, sense it seems like a mess and i i I'm, i gotta correct myself the next event so it's it's saudi arabia this week next week's hong kong singapore events later in the week or later in the year excuse me um so hong kong next week like and then and then miami and then miami is not until uh first week of april so they have two weeks in a row then they have about a month off and then uh first well, week of april. The, i don't know i mean from what i understand this is just kind of hearsay um nothing concrete but i've i've heard on a couple different podcasts and articles that the way the that ak's insurance policy kind of reads out he's got three events that he can test the waters here and if he doesn't want to keep playing after three events or he doesn't feel like he can or if the the so-called injury that that allowed him to claim this insurance policy if it's acting up um, then he can play the three events and say, you know what, I'm, I, it's not, I can't do it. It's not there. Um, I'm going to stick to what I have and I'm going to retain the money that I have. Okay. Um, and I've I also heard, heard that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's, that was news to me. I heard that yesterday, but, um, and that was from Colt Nost on, um, what is it? Gravy in the sleaze or whatever there. So I'm not sure, you know, how that's going to play out with the, uh, insurance policy and and all, and all that, but um, it obviously sounds like he, he buys him some time to kind of test test everything out and see where he where he falls on that. But um, but like like you said again, Mike, to recap, I don't I don't know why they decided to do it for this event. Uh, I'm not going to be able to watch it. I wanted to watch it live, but when you wake up, all the you know all the 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 results going to be available, and it's it's going to be an opportunity missed. Um, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's, uh, again, but if he plays good. well, if he if does he play well, well, it's going to build even more buzz. Yeah. If he plays well, it's going to be, it's going to be huge for, I, I, I mean, he's got somewhat of a cult following. Like people, some people just absolutely, they, they, swear by anthony kim and say that he's the best player the best the ball striker which he is he was and is probably a great ball striker i, w- I will say that i saw the clip you know of him swinging you know wearing his joggers and that they, they weren't even joggers i think they were sweatpants yeah i, I don't know what they were <laughs> is he is he a is he a, a malbon guy now or 
I, that, God, their stuff is so bad. That looks like a goodwill guy. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it, all I could say was the swing looks very similar to the way that it looked. The only yeah. thing that I noticed was that it looked a little slow. <laughs> yeah, it didn't look fast. Yeah. I, I just feel like he's going to, and he was not a big guy to begin with. So, I mean, he really relied on him being really solid. Every ball, every strike had to be right in the center. Because yeah, he was not like five eight five nine. He's a short he's guy. Not a big dude. And now you add another eight, nine, ten years to what he was doing in the past, and it just didn't look very fast to me. And it, I just felt like he was going to be on the bottom, the bottom half of driving distance, and he's going to be hitting six irons when some of those other guys are hitting nine irons. And I think that's. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how good of a ball striker you are. If you're hitting a six iron and you've got another PGA, or I shouldn't say PGA, another professional touring professional hitting a nine iron you're going to probably lose yeah no i don't disagree with that i think i think you're that on it'll be interesting to see what his speed looks like hopefully we get some stats and uh some data behind what what type of speed he's bringing to the table is he able to retain the speed is he able to still be competitive at the distance that he's hitting it from what i've heard he's played a lot of money game he still played a lot of golf competitive golf is a different animal entirely yeah is this something that he goes out and he plays okay this week, shakes some rust off, and is able to start playing well? You know, the other factor that we've got to look like look at is, is the guy going to remain an individual for very long? Does someone get kicked off of a team that he ends up taking uh, or ends up getting put on a team? I mean, that that's another aspect that, that I think is very interesting. Is well, there this was something? A, there was a rumor I saw today that they might even be potential to give him his own team if he plays well that wouldn't surprise me either it would not surprise me either the other three that will fill out that team will be a very interesting um <laughs> story you know, who, who you're able to Put go your applications in yeah jay send them your gin scores i'll send them my gin scores they'll see that i'm a plus two plus one and they're like i gotta have this guy i gotta have this guy on the, the yeah the, the full net. sleeve tour the full team full sleeve I don't have a tattoo on my body, but I guess I, if, if they wanted to sign me, I'd, I'd probably do it. <laughs> For a couple mil, there's very little. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's AK. I guess we'll report back next week on our, our thoughts, and we'll see what he does. And let's let's make some predictions. Let's let's have fun. What do you what do you think yeah. he shoots, Mikey? Three rounds. One under for the for the for the week okay. for the week. Okay, I was gonna say even. Yeah, I was gonna say over par. I I don't know the golf course, but I think he. Yeah, shoots, I don't know the golf course. I think I think he probably shoots seventy five, sixty nine or seventy, and then like a seventy three or something like. I, I I think he goes a couple over, a couple under, and then over on the last round. Yeah, that wouldn't be surprising. And I don't think anyone. You know, I wanted to play well. Where I, I wanted to play well also, but I, I think it's one of those situations where you can't immediately expect him to be AK. Well, right no now, way. Yeah, and we have to we have to give him that. Think about this. Think about this. Who have we seen that is had that? Which player have we seen that has taken the longest gaps in terms of playing? Tiger Woods. 
Tiger Woods. And when he comes back out after a year off and we see him shoot par or just maybe one or two over and maybe just miss the cut, we're all super impressed. Oh, this is great. Oh, Tiger. He looks, but I see this. He looks good here. He looks good here. Like, and that's, you're talking about the best golfer of all time coming back after a year off. This is Anthony Kim, who was maybe a top 10. I mean, he was a top 10 world ranked player in the world. Close, yeah. Uh, at, at any given point, he was. And then just walked away. And that was, is, has it been seven or eight years? 12. Oh, it's 12. Jesus Christ. There's no and way this guy years. shoots under par and competes. No and way. There's, and, and he, if you know anything about Anthony Kim, he does not have the work ethic of Tiger Woods no. or the or the discipline of Tiger Woods. Actually, he probably has the complete opposite. He probably, I mean, that's one of the criticisms you had of him is he underachieved because he yeah. was too big of a partier and didn't really care to practice. Like that was the rap on the guy when he was, yeah. you know, I, it I, is, I definitely stand by my over par. I think yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm talking myself into eight over now. <laughs> one under eight over <laughs> i mean I, I i think it would be if he shot one under and finished like in the middle of the pack that would that would be a, a huge win huge yeah. win because everyone would be everyone four. would just analyze the the potential oh he did this you see the shot he had here oh it looked good yeah he was a little rusty with some of the short game in the pitch shots and yada 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 but Man, he hit his ball speed was at 170 and he hit some great, you know, mid iron shots. People are going to jump all over the positive if he plays halfway decent. If he plays like shit, then then it's done, you know. I'll also it, be interested to see what type of clubs he has in the back. Uh, yeah, I have no, I haven't heard anything about what he's playing. I mean, no, the last time he was playing, he was playing a full set of Nikes. Exactly. I mean, that sounds weird to even say, you know. Like last time he played, he was playing a full full bag of Nike irons and wedges and woods. Yikes. Jeez. Yikes. Yikes. Um all right, let's get to uh did you guys watch the John Rom interview from ESPN? Marty Smith interviewed him over the weekend. I saw a couple couple clips of it. I didn't, it I didn't a, watch the full about a five minute video. Yeah. Uh I watched the whole thing. He 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 didn't really he didn't really say a whole lot, in all honesty. He did a good job of kind of saying nothing. Yeah. Um, I will say from a, a, a kudos to him, he he didn't tout the typical live talking points that these guys spew um, when you become a paid agent of the Saudi Arabian government. I will say it was a little disheartening to hear. I mean, it was pretty much a money decision. It's pretty much all it sounded like. It was just mm-hmm. pure money. Yeah. Um, it just seems like the guy who I thought used to be one of the most uber competitive guys on the PGA Tour is just selling out. You know, there wasn't mm-hmm. once a mention of, yeah, I want to be great. I want to win. I, you know, there wasn't any of that kind of talk. Yeah. And I used to think of him as one of the top two or three most competitive guys out there. Just wanted he's, to beat your yeah. fucking brains in. He basically At, just kind of given up. You're right. It's like, oh, it's that's what it, I kind of got from it. I was like, eh, okay, this guy seems lame now. I lost yeah, I mean, interest in him a couple years ago. 
I, I think it's I think it's interesting too from you know from a business model. I know we're diving deep here, but for the live tour, I, I, granted, I know they paid all these guys, and it's like okay, we're going to get these names. But if you're not providing a good product in the end of the day, if 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 the talent that you're bringing in, the talent you're paying, doesn't care about playing competitive golf, which is the product, like. People want people watch golf not because they're playing for a bunch of money. They watch golf because they want to see the drama. They want to see the guys, you know, win those big events, uh, you know, and and come through in the clutch. And if you lose out on that, then you know, again, no one's paying attention, and you lose the drama. And then, you know, what's the what product are you presenting? And I feel like they've kind of pushed these guys into this corner here. It's like I took all this money, and I I have to try to defend it, but <laughs> we're not really not really playing for anything we're just playing for more money i mean there's no type of tournament legacy or anything like that so it it's it's a weird dynamic like from uh in terms of uh you know what the uh what the context you know, is. what yeah what the context was from bringing these guys on yeah i don't know it was just i, I didn't take a whole lot from it i thought it would when i saw that they they had kind of teased it I was like, oh, this will be interesting. And I, I mean, now, granted, it was five minutes. Who knows how long the interview was and who knows what they cut or didn't cut. But I was yeah. like, hey, hey, Marty Smith, can you can you press him a little more on like this guy said, like the whole format was a joke a year ago. And now he's playing the format like totally. totally. Can, can, can we ask what changed there? Like, yeah, <laughs> Money. yeah, I mean, I don't know. But can you at least ask the question? Like even if we all know the answer, can you at least see how this guy ans- answers this question? I don't know. Not the most hard hitting. Obviously, it's it's Marty Smith. We're not talking about Dan Rather here, or, you know. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, I don't know. So it's just it's disheartening that he's over there. He's was wasting his talent. But so let's get to the other. Um, I'm going to go on a mass whole minute about two guys now. Uh, for, mm-hmm. First, uh, Masters have invited um, three players, special invites, Theorborn Olsen, uh, Rio Hishatun, still not sure if I'm saying that right, and Joaquin Neiman from the Live Golf Tour is getting a special invite into the Masters. And this is something they've done historically um, the last five, six, seven years. It, special invites to international players over the years. And yeah, so Joaquin, I noticed that they didn't mention a single word about his live uh, accolades when they gave him the exemption. Uh, but they did mention his DP World Tour finishes, uh, his win at the Australian, Australian Open, uh, which gets him into the British and now the masters. So any, anything there before I go on my rant? Um, uh, yeah, quickly. So, uh, you know, you're going to go on your rant about, um, Bryson and I'm sure, uh, uh Taylor uh, Gooch, well, Taylor Gooch too, but I know I would, I know Bryson has his comments. So you, I know you're going to, yeah, go, I'm going to, I'll get to that. But, yeah. m- but back to that, my point was, um, these guys should have done what they did this past week um, and playing some of these off these off week events. They should have gotten all these live guys. If you wanted to try to beat the system, 
get 10, 15, 20 of these guys all to commit to these off-week events that that do offer official world golf ranking points and allow you to play. Because th- there's no limit to any other, from what I understand and everything I've read, There's the, the Live Tour is not will not limit you from playing in another event. You just have to make sure you play in their, in their events. So if you can find... You know, you know, any other event that's offering world ranking points, get all of your guys because in, in essentially the, the better the field, the more world ranking points are going to be given to the players. So if you get more of these guys from, and the problem is I think they waited a year too long. If they had done it a year ago, they probably could have, most of these guys could have retained a lot of those world ranking points because they would be playing in more world ranking, world ranking sanctioned events. Um, but because they waited, now they've dropped down a little further. So even if all those guys get together, it's still a a subdued field. Now you need to get Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and those guys commit to those events to to help boost them up. But um, you know, you know, back to the point though, with Joaquin, like I think like he's done that. He's played in a lot of other events and and it's kind of cool to see he's you haven't really heard a whole lot from him. He hasn't bashed anybody. He hasn't talked, you know, poorly of the PJ Tour or anything from what I understand. He's just like, hey, this is the best fit for me, but I'm going to still keep playing because I want to play in major championships. And and obviously, he's played well in a lot of them in the last couple of years. But uh, I'm, I'm kudos to him for getting into the Masters, too, by the way, before you, you keep going. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Um, and, and good for the Masters, you mm-hmm. know, for for doing it and not, yeah. you know, holding a petty grudge or whatever, you know, they're just doing what they think is the best interest of for the field and for the, for the field and their tournament and, and the ratings and sport or whatever. So, um, all right. So if anyone saw there's been, there was a, a Bryson interview, um, a live produced podcast that Jerry Fultz and I forget the woman's name. I apologize that do it. Um, Jerry Fultz, first of all, is just a fucking total joke now. So uh, he's like a caricature, a live caricature <laughs> that they've. Uh, but he goes on, and it's I didn't listen to the whole podcast, believe it or not. It's called Fairway to Heaven, which is just the most name I've ever heard in my life. Um, and there's a, a about a two minute clip that's been going around social media for a few days now about Bryson bitching about the official world golf rankings. And the guy is just a flat out fucking liar. He lied like three times during this two minute clip and the way he just, just the way he says it and goes about it. It's so smug. And I just want to reach through my fucking phone and just punch him right in the face. <laughs> like, I, I, Oh God, I can't stand this motherfucker. I thought I was done with him, but then he says this stupid shit and it, and it, and it comes back up again. And so it's like he says, he says, oh, well, they haven't, you know, what's happening in world, world golf rankings? You know, they haven't said anything, which is really making up their decision. It's like, uh, Bryson, they actually told you back, guys, back in October, you're not getting world ranking points. What, what decision is there? They've already made the decision. You're not getting world ranking points. And then he's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we meet every requirement. If you look at their handbook, we meet every requirement. You only hit like one of them now or two of them. You miss almost all of them. There's that, like that, ten or eleven, and you miss most of them. Bryson. That part was that part was weird. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't follow. I didn't follow. And and then he's like, he wants to like bash the PJ Tour, like because allegedly they're the ones that 
aren't giving the world ranking points, even though they recuse themselves. So they say, and, and if you want to say there's something nefarious there, the PGA Tour used their influence with the majors who essentially made this decision is the four majors who made the call on the OWGR board to not give them points. If you want to say PJ Tour used their influence, fine. Like, we're playing dirty here. We've been playing dirty for a couple of years now. Like, so they can use their leverage if they want. You're using, the Saudi Arabians using their leverage of, of massively overpaying people. That's their leverage in this fight. So who cares, Bryson? Like, you just want to have your cake and eat it too. You just want everything to work in your favor. And then he's like, oh, let's put all of our massive egos aside to bring this game together. Like, <laughs> hey, guys, your fucking egos split the game apart in the first place. Like, your greed and your egos split the game apart. You have the biggest ego of anyone on the PJ of um, in professional golf. Like, shut the hell up. Like, I, oh, my God. I've watched the video like four times now, and I get more upset every time I watch it. And it, like, well, like you you're said, not, Jay, you're not helping. You're not helping our our nice banter and the argument of live versus PJ Tour when your example is is Bryson. I mean, because yeah, I, it's <laughs> you, it's hard to get on that guy's side and to to <laughs> to agree with him when he he contradicts himself so many times. And, and then, I'm like, ah, I was like, I, I can't get, follow here. Taylor Gooch comes out, and this quote has been making the rounds today, talking that if Rory McIlroy wins the Masters this year, wins the Grand Slam, it's going to have an asterisk on it because it's not going to have the best players in the world in the field. Like, what what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you're not in the field, and you know what? You're really not that great of a player. You had like a good year right before you went to live. You cashed out. From everything, every time you open your mouth, you sound like a bag of rocks. You're dumb as a bag of rocks. Like, dude... There's 12 live guys in the Masters field. There's 12 live guys. That's like 20% of your whole tour is in the Masters. So what are you talking about? Name one guy on live that's not in the Masters that should be. Louis Eustace. No, he's in. No, Pretty sure he's in. He's not in. Okay, fine. One guy. One. Maybe, maybe Gooch. But uh, that would probably be it. About it. That'd probably be it. Now that now that Neiman has the special invite, pretty much everyone on live that is a reasonable enough player, a good enough player to play, is in the field. And it's no. like so. And then it goes back to your point that you made a couple minutes ago. Like guys, you can get world ranking points. Go fucking try. Like a bunch of other guys have been doing it. You can play in some DP World of Tour events. You can play in the Asian Tour events. Go try. If you're good. so anxious and want world ranking points, then try. Good. Make an effort. Yeah, they need to do. They need to do as many of, as they can. And it sounds like you know I, Louis played in six events. I think last year. Yeah, he, he's got, played a bunch, but he's not complaining he, about it. He's not. It's complaining. the guys that aren't trying are complaining about it. And the, yeah. the Oman event, the international series at Oman, the Asian Tour, they had a bunch of guys play. Carlos Ortiz won. Louis Ushazen came in second. Joaquin Neiman came in third. Um, Mito Pereira came in fourth. Peter Uline came in sixth. Yeah, it was, came a, in it was seventh. There's a lot of li a lot of live guys that played. A lot of live was, guys, and they all finished they, towards the top of the leaderboard because they're better than the lowly Asian tour. So yeah. Bryson Taylor Gooch, if you guys are so good, go over there and clean up all these world ranking points. And then to your point, like I don't know, go play the Australian Open, go play the Australian PGA, like Joaquin Neiman did, which is what Neiman did. Yeah, That's and he, he won, did. and he got himself got himself a spot in the in the British Open. Like, <sighs> shut the hell up. I don't. I I, I go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. You know, when it comes to to Bryson, he's a he's a tough he's a tough guy, tough cookie to 
to get behind. I think he contradicts himself a lot. You use the word liar. Um, I'm going to use the more PC, um, you know, term and, and being contradictory with his previous statements, but I, yeah, he, it's hard to get behind him because it changes quite a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I really don't know yeah. what else to say about to say about him. I mean, I am, like I said, I am happy for Joaquin Neiman. Like he did what he had to do. Like I'm going to yeah. go play in as much, much, as many tournaments as I can to where, which is like, like you said, this is really cool that the, the, Augusta is doing this and giving these special special exemptions, which they they have not done in the past. It was always always tied to the PJ Tour. If you were a PJ Tour winner or a past winner, you were going to get in. Um, which again, I think is cool to to. But I think the P, I think the Masters has started to figure out like, hey, we the the landscape of professional golf has changed. If you're a PGA Tour winner, it doesn't mean you're one of the best players in the world. And we want this to be a true major. And I think they've slowly made the adaptations that they needed to make to try to continue to build this up. Now, we always still have those those past champions that are kind of not really in the mix, which still makes it a cool event to watch, um, in my opinion. But yeah. Um, well, I think something coming from the Masters, I mean, they're kind of the golden standard when it comes to golf events out there. The fact that they're willing to give Joaquin Neiman shows that there's still opportunity for these two conglomerates to come together. And my hopes are that we're able to obviously find that. I think we're not close to doing so, but I think we are at least on a road to where we can try to combine these two uh, pools of talent. And with the Masters making that concession, I think it makes a lot of sense. Joaquin Neiman is a great player. I don't think there's anyone on this podcast that would say different. I think he deserves to be there. Uh, I think Taylor Gooch's statement was egotistical. Uh, he felt left out and ultimately feels like he needed to try to take a stand and try to use his platform to do so. I don't think it was well received. I think ultimately attacking any other player out there, uh, and it may not have been a direct attack on Rory, but it sure came off that way. I think he probably regrets that looking back now with the publicity that it's gotten. Whenever you go out and speak another player's name in that regard, you better be ready for the kickback and the blowback. Yeah. And that's 100% what's happening now with Taylor Gooch. His statements were very poorly received by anyone that read them. Taylor Gooch fan or not, it's like, wait a second, dude. Be happy with the decision you made. Yeah, understand there are consequences for every decision that's made. You're not in the Masters. You you did not qualify. You didn't earn this it. Is, this is where this is where it falls, and ultimately your decisions to join a tour that does not allow you to gain world ranking points is why you're not able to qualify for this event. Suck it up, take the millions of dollars that you got to go over there and play, and just go play golf. Yeah, I I, I stop crying. I hate. I hate when guys get on pedestals like this and feel like I gotta make I gotta make my statement. I gotta make my my spot. And he may feel like this. And he, you know what? That statement would have gone over a lot better with his buddies drinking beers at night. Just go ahead. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Making it public like that, you're opening yourself up for a lot of criticism, which he's undoubtedly receiving at this point. So Taylor Gooch, I lost a lot of respect for him in making that statement. And to call out Rory McElroy, the I don't want to say golden child, but one of the most influential names, personalities, people in the world of golf, uh, top 
two out there. It just it, it's not it's not something that makes any sense. There's a it's going to be poorly received. It's going, and the the big part about it is that eventually, let's say these tours come back together, this statement's going to come back to haunt him. Oh, this yeah. this is not something that's going to go away. I mean, he's going to, it'll go six, seven, eight months away. And all of a sudden it's going to pop back up. It'll go mm-hmm. away for a year. It's going to pop back up. He's going to potentially get put in a group of Rory. It's going to pop back up. <laughs> and promisely, I promise you, you want to have Rory on your side yeah. when everything comes down and all the dust settles. You want to have him on your side. He's, he's someone who's a great, um, I don't say adversary, but someone that you want in your court. It's good to have 100%. him as a phone number in your phone. And Taylor Gooch, I think, really kind of put himself out there. I mean, quite frankly, this is something that could affect him on the golf course based off of how it's being received. So uh, I think, he's, he too, I think he's too dumb for it to affect him on the golf course. I don't think he gets it. Which could be here. Um you know, so so no laying up. Put this out on Twitter today. So Data Golf, I, I've brought them up time to time over the years. They do their own player ranking system, and that they do include live players and live rounds and um, everything. And so they do their own system in their top fifty in their world ranking. There are uh, one two, three, four, five guys in their top 50 that are not qualified to play um, at the Masters that are in their top 50. One of them is Taylor Gooch. I'll give him that. But the other four are all PGA Tour members. Now, this this includes this includes Kepka and Rom and um, DJ and you know all the big names that are on live this this includes those guys um but as far as the shambo is like ranked 26th on here um as far as guys who are not qualified but are in data golf's top 50 there's five and four of them are from the PJ tour and one is Taylor Gooch so by these rankings the PJ tour is getting more screwed than you know live golf is because they've got 12 guys in the field. So uh, they're doing fine, Taylor. You're doing fine. Go go play Oman if you want some world ranking points. Go play the Australian Open. Or you can open your your new... You can use all your all your money to open your new bull fighting team, whatever the hell um, you're doing. Your, your rodeo team. Go hang out in Oklahoma. Um, wear your cowboy boots. Good use of your money. Good use of your overpaid money that you're making over there. Like this is part of the reason why you're overpaid, guys, is because you're not getting world ranking points. That's why. It's part of the reason why. You got lied to by Greg Norman when you signed your contract that you were going to get world ranking points, even though you met zero of the criteria at the time. Sorry. Yeah. No. No. Consequences I, of your own actions. Yeah. You. Yeah. I think in the in the grand scheme of things, like we've mentioned, you chose this path, and this is where you are. The grass is not always greener. In some you ways, have it handouts. is. But not always, and you you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you want to make a, you know a fifty to sixty to seventy a hundred million dollars to play eighteen events um, a year, that's great, good for you. I mean, but you will lose out on the opportunity to play in most of the majors unless uh, unless you meet some you know really specific criteria. 
it is what it is. You knew that. You knew that going in. It's like yep. you know, I, you know. I'm, I'm relate this to what I do every day. We we rent properties, and we have tenants that move in, and they viewed the property, and they signed the lease. It says this this property or this you know this home or this apartment is rented as is. You acknowledge that the the condition of the property is what it is, and they move in, and then they put fifteen twenty you know work tickets in asking for. Uh, I want new paint. I want new appliances. And I'm, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> you you saw the property. You viewed it. You looked at it. You signed the lease. You agreed to all the terms. And now you don't think that those are right. And it's it's the, it's a similar situation. Like, yeah, you knew what you were getting into when you signed the contract to to play golf for the, for the live tour. You knew how much money you were making. You knew you didn't have world ranking points, world ranking points, and. So there's really nothing to complain about. You can complain that you you would have hoped that we would have progressed further after signing, and that they would edit, would have acknowledged that there's a they should be considered for world ranking points, you know. But you you knew going in that you were not going to get these unless things changed. Yeah, in the in the back in October they the official golf work or official world golf ranking board even kind of gave them some outs to fix a couple little things and kind of and gave them an opening to, to make changes and they didn't do it. So uh, who's the blame? I, you know, I don't know. And, and Rom, even in his interview, he even kind of alluded to the fact without saying it, that the only one of the other reasons, other than money was because he won the masters last year and guarantees himself five years exemption into all the majors. He was like, if I didn't win that, I might oh. not have joined, right? Because right. he knows he didn't say it, but he's like, we're not getting world ranking points, so I got, I get to, a leg up on all these other guys. Him and him and Brooks, they won majors last year, so they get five years. You know, everyone else's exemptions for from winning because they do have a lot of major winners. Obviously, the the guys that won the Masters are in that for a lifetime, but um, a lot of these guys, five year terms, if you will, are gonna end soon. Yeah. So there it is. There, sorry, I just this shit's getting old, getting old fast. <laughs> no, it's. I think it's gonna it's gonna slowly start to clean itself up here. Believe it or not, it's gonna start maybe. to clean itself up. Yep, maybe. But it it is it it is old. It get, it gets a little redundant. We talk about the same thing because that's really all there is to talk about. But is what's coming up? Yeah. I think it's going to change here in the next year and a half, two years. I think we're going to see a big, big change. Um, something else. Look, get off a of live here. Did anybody watch the match last night? It's all some clips, bits and pieces of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I caught bits and pieces of it. Um, they did a poor job promoting it. I actually kind of forgot it was on until, uh, I caught the beginning only because I saw some tweets of them like warming up on the driving range, and I was like, oh crap, that's on soon. And so for those of you who didn't pay attention, the Capital One's the match they've been doing now, a bunch of different iterations of it over the years. It started with Tiger and Phil. Was Max Homa, um, Rory McIlroy, Lexi Thompson, and Rose Zhang. And they played the park down in Palm Beach. Gil Hance um, renovated. They put a bunch of money into Actually, the PGA of America is, is part of the reason they... It's kind of their parting... Parting gift when they when they moved to Texas, they, they gave the county of, of Palm Beach a bunch of money to help redo this. And they got a part three course and a putting course. And 
just kind of rejuvenated this place, enhances renovation. Look, the golf course looks awesome. It looks like a lot of fun. And I've so, been out there. I have not. I, I was out there before it opened. Um, it looks awesome. It looks awesome. The clubhouse, the outside bar that they have, looks awesome. It's a very, very cool uh, business model. It's obviously had a lot of notoriety so far. The only thing that I've heard is that it's extremely expensive. So yeah. as far as you know, public golf is involved, um, it doesn't necessarily provide an avenue for your average player to go out there and enjoy. Yeah, That's I think nice. I read a you know couple is like two fifty to three fifty, depending on the time of the year and the time of the the week. I'm trying to look it up. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up too. Um, I'll I'll try to pull that up. Anyways, so I actually I thought it was a team event. I was mistaken. Obviously, I, I, going into it, I, I thought it was a team event, but it was actually an individual skins, skins game for twelve holes under the lights. Twelve holes, weird. <laughs> it That's, actually didn't hit me. Didn't hit me until right now. Uh, it, your hate, your hatred. It doesn't. It really makes no sense. I, I mean, I almost. I actually, I didn't watch it. You know, the the live event because I I saw that it was twelve holes. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to watch twelve holes. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's still the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. It makes absolutely no sense. And and every argument that I've heard about this twelve hole match or twelve hole go, twelve hole courses, none of it makes sense. I've never. I have yet to. Hear, I'm open. I'm open to it, but I've yet to hear an argument that makes any sense. And everyone always says, "Well, some people just don't want to play eighteen holes." I'm like, "Okay, that's great. They can play nine holes." Because nine holes is something that we we gauge scores on. Uh, we've done that for 100, 150 years. Like, why all of a sudden are we going to do twelve holes? But anyway, I, I know this was just a skins match and not a not an individual match. But still, doesn't make any sense to me why they would do twelve holes. Again, I you know heard some comments too that were like we feel that nine holes is the perfect amount of time, perfect amount of time with the right with the right type of golfer. Um, and I still think we're just not quite hitting it. Um, in my opinion, I think there's too much hoopla going on with it. Like we had DJ Khalid out there. Like it was like, it was, it was excessive. He kept talking about his match with, with Charles Barkley and how he beat him in the, the pregame match. And he, they just kept going over and over. I'm like, what? There's too many people talking. Way too many voices. Too many people talking. You're like, what, who's, who's talking right now? Because the the cameraman can't follow who's saying what, and it was it was chaotic. Like I honestly think like we just need to get you need to they need to do their homework and get two or three or four people depending on the teams that that play a lot of golf with each other. Like we want to see, I want to see you lose yourself a little bit and you act like you're in your 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 Sunday or Saturday match. With your buddies playing for a thousand dollar Nassau for these guys on the PJ tour. But like I want to see, you know, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, uh, Ricky Fowler, and um Smiley Kaufman playing together. Like, you know, the whatever Absolutely. their nick what what was their nickname? They were the SBK. Yeah. That's right. Like that would be fun because I would imagine that they would try to keep it clean for the first little bit. And then after like a couple holes, 
they would forget that they were being videotaped and and on on camera and mic'd up, and they would start to talk start to talk some shit, which I think would be what people want to hear. They want to hear the inside scoop, something that they can't see on the weekly broadcast for the PJ Tour. Like it's, we're, I think they're close, but I still think they're missing the boat. They're trying to pair a bunch of different people together, but the whole part about making this entertaining is that there's a there's a unique dynamic between the foursome and they're comfortable with each other. They're comfortable kind of talking shit talk and, and, and gambling. And if you put people that don't play a lot of golf with each other, it still comes off superficial in my opinion. And like tiger and Phil together, those guys don't like each other. They don't play a lot of golf together. So, I mean, while we want totally opposite. Yeah. They're completely opposite. While we wanted to watch it just for the simple fact that we know that, that there's the drama there, but if there was anybody else, you know, that has a similar kind of background, like they don't play a lot of golf with each other, they don't like each other. You're not going to see the interaction. Like, I don't want to see Tiger Woods mode where he doesn't talk to anybody for nine holes and just <laughs> like that's not entertaining. No, on in this setting, like if Tiger's trying to win a major, yes, it's awesome. You know, we 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 can ramp up for that. But for this, we want to see. You know, the inside scoop, the interaction, the conversation that they have if they're playing like a gambling match, you know, on a Tuesday or Wednesday practice round. Yeah, I, I think these things are tired and done. And yeah, you're right. It's just. I mean, so unless they I think if they if they didn't do it live, I forget who it was. I saw on Twitter it was a golf writer. It, it might have been Dan Rappaport, actually, from from Barstool. He had a good point, like. Do this event, have fans there, do it, do the whole thing, but then post edit it and make it a 45 minute quick boom, boom, boom. The f- fun banner, catch the good lines, get rid of the dead crap, the dead air, the dead comments, the dumb yeah. shit, and make it a tell 45 the story. minute, one hour long produced for TV show. Yeah. No, I, I think that's similar to what they did with the Shell's wonderful, wonderful world of golf back in the you know yes. the sixties. Uh, those were awesome. I mean, that was the reason I even started playing golf. I was in it was a this is nineteen ninety one two, yeah, nineteen ninety two ninety three, and I was we had just gotten the Golf Channel. We built a, we lived out in Powhatan, Virginia, in the middle of nowhere, uh, and we didn't have cable out there. So my dad bought the one of those big, I mean, you're talking 15 foot satellites that you put in the backyard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, and, and we got the golf channel, like it was the coolest thing. I was 13 years old and we finally got the golf channel, but, and I sat at home in in the summer. Um, and I just sat there and watched repeat after repeat after repeat of the shells, wonderful golf. And I was like, I was enamored with it. And that's, that was the, that was the, the setup. It was like, you took, you had Bobby Jones commentating, commentating, and then you would get all the you know the top guys. Jack Nichols played in them. Ben Hogan played. Um, uh, Sam Snead. I mean, you, Billy Casper. You, you name these guys. They, Lee Trevino. They all played in this thing, and you, you would take the the best players, and they play this one on one match, and they would, like you said, it would turn into a you know a two and a half hour match, turn into a one hour show, and they edited it, and and they had a couple stories and they did, did some commentating with the players in the middle in between holes. And it was like, it was a home run. Like yeah. I almost feel like they could just do the exact same thing now, 50 years later. And it would be amazing. 
don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't Something reinvent the wheel. Like corny just, and cringy. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Um, all right, real fast. I haven't the, uh, the new season of full swings right around the corner. End of this week. Mm. It's dropping. Uh, I haven't seen, I saw the teaser. I haven't seen the trailer, I guess came out today. Two minute trailer. I haven't watched that yet, but I haven't seen it. I feel, I, I don't, I don't know this. This is total, my speculation, just looking at it and I haven't read anything on it. I feel like they changed the format and it's not the, they're actually like going to tell the story of the season, like in chronological order and not the, mm, that's a bad prof- move. Oh, so that I like versus what they did last time versus the profiles of the players out of chronological order. I don't know. I don't, I mean, yeah, they, I, granted if, if they're, if they're really good with, with telling the story and building it up, the problem is most people, when you're watching it, the story has already been told like, and it's, it's sure. It's, yeah, I get that. And it's easy if you're, if you're 30, 40 years and, and prior and you can tell the story again and, and people don't know, you know, new Some people don't details. know the details, but if it's only a year removed, it's like, Oh, I know who won this event. I know who won this event. He finished this. And th- th- you, well, I'm talking more about the off, off the course stuff. Yeah, but I, I because still last think, season, last season we knew who won the events too. Yeah, yeah, you know who wins, but I think, uh, but they the way they jumped around, they were. And granted, they could do this. They could do this for this season, but they were telling more of the story of each player and their journey, not not as much in chronological order. Chronological order where you were, yeah, kinda, not the story of the PJ Tour. It was yeah, just player you knew profiles. Ex- yeah, you knew exactly what was happening. I don't know. That's just my opinion. And, and, and the 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 other uh, you know shows that the Golf Channel has done in the past, you know, the last twenty years, anytime they've tried to do something to document someone's story, it they they lost viewership because people already knew the ending, and it's yeah, it it, it takes away from the the dramatic side of things. So I don't know I, that that that's just my opinion. But I like the fact that they jumped around last year because you couldn't really follow, and you're like, oh, what 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 event is this? Okay, I'm not really worried about the event. I'm worried about all the stuff that happens behind the scenes, and the scenes. and maybe maybe they can follow up on that, and they they continue that trend, but just follow in chronological chronological order. But I don't know. Yeah, and I and I don't know how the the format is this year. I was just the way the teaser sounded. It looked like it was not like the titles yeah. of the episodes weren't players like this time, like last time it was, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll definitely yeah. watch it. So, all right, let's get to our picks. Um, what's the name of this event? They changed the name. Uh, cognizant, <laughs> cognizant classic at the Palm beaches. No more Honda classic new sponsor, still a bear trap. Uh, still PJ national. And I will be honest, there's a good chance my team changes from the picks I give you tonight <laughs> because I did them in less time than I did last week. However, I did give you Jake Knapp last week. I did call it that he did. would win the tournament on the podcast last week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should, have, should have put some money on that. I didn't. Uh, I regret it. But I did call that. That he was going to win last week. So, uh, McLean, you win again. You can uh, you can go first for your picks this week. What's right. our what's our update on scores? Uh, I yeah, I I can't find the document right now. I was just searching for it. Right. McLean's going to lead. Uh, from the top, 
Rory McIlroy, 12,200. Wow. Wow. Just got to take him. Um, Moved down from there, which obviously he took a lot of my cash up. But uh, yeah. Bo Hostler, 8,300. Like that one. Yeah. I've got Christian Bezadenhut, 7,600. That one too. Thor, Thor Bjorn Olsen. 7,700. Eric Van Ruyen, 7,400. We'll get to watch him in joggers all week. Fucking hate it. <laughs> uh, and then Brandon Wu at 6,600, rounding out the squad. Okay. Um, I like a lot of those picks, actually. Um, I only have one on my squad, but I, I a bunch of guys that have been playing well, uh, so I like I like that. All right. Uh, I came in second last week, so I'll go second uh, here. Uh, I'll start at the bottom. $6,400. Justin Lauer. Mm. Playing solid. God, he missed a putt on the last hole. That could have made him a bunch of money. A bunch of money. Ugh. Yep. Playing, coming off a great week. I uh, have some confidence. Has, had, hasn't had a, a stellar year, but I would say a solid year. Uh, to start 2024 here. So I like him at that price range. I also at 6,600 have Brandon Wu, mm-hmm. even though he cost me a few hundred dollars this past weekend. Uh, I'll take him. I think $6,600 is an unbelievable value for him playing well. I think last week he was like 9,000 or something like that. And so for him to go from 9,000 to 6,600 after a, I don't know, top 10 finish, I'll I'll take him. Then I go up to a guy who's been playing really, really well. No one's talked about him or maybe even noticed him, but $7,700, Adam Svensson. Uh, then where am I? Uh, then I go up to uh, my three studs. $9,300, guy who plays well here. Shane Lowry has almost won here in the past. Uh, hasn't had been, hasn't had the greatest record uh, in the last, you know, 18 months or so of what we typically see some, from Shane. But he's sleeping in his own bed. He's close by. Golf course he's played well be- at before. So I'll go Shane Lowry's 9,300. Another guy that I think is wildly underrated on the PGA Tour, 9,800, JT Poston. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. plays good, solid golf anywhere and everywhere. No real major course fit anywhere for him. He just plays solid at a bunch of different venues. So. I like JT Poston. And then uh, Russell Henley is my last guy at 10,200. Um, again, great, great course fit uh, here for for Russell. Yeah, those are good. Um, yeah, we've got some we've got some duplicates here. So I'll I'll start from the bottom. Uh $5,900, Andrew Novak coming off two top ten finishes, you know, in Mexico and uh Phoenix Open. Uh, for some reason, this guy's kind of fallen into form. Um, and at that, you know, playing that well, I, he doesn't have a whole lot of course history here. Um, but given the fact that how well he's been playing at that price range, you know, if, if he makes the cut and finishes top 25, that's a huge win at 5900 bucks. Um, then I can, you know, him at 5900 bucks, I can free up some space. But I did pick Adam Svensson as well, Mikey. Seventy-seven hundred bucks. He won uh, the twenty fifteen Q School. I was a participant, and we played together that week. And he was playing great. Um, the guy likes the golf course. He hits. The, he's an incredible ball striker. Not a super long guy, but um, 
out there, it's not, there's a lot of water. There's a lot of dog, not, I shouldn't say dog legs, but with the water making you play to certain areas. So it, it really is a, is a, is a ball strikers golf course. And, uh, I would not be surprised if he, you know, had a good finish, you know, given his, his history and the, and given where he is right now with the price range and what he's been doing as of late. So, um, you're, you're right on, right on track. In my opinion, Mikey Adams, Vincent, 7,700, uh, great value there. Um, then I jump up to 8,600, Sepp Straka. Um, Sepp is, he's played well here again. A, he's another really good ball striker. This golf course as for, you know, those of you, we've talked about this on, on past, you know, pods. It's a, it's a, it's just a hard golf course. And it really is, there's no one, there's no one category that you can say, Hey, all the players that do this play well here. Uh, you, you, hard golf some, course. it's a hard golf course and it's windy and the greens are grainy and it's just, there's, you, you have to hit every single golf club and you have to be doing them all well. So it's not like, Hey guys who are long off the tee strokes, getting off the tee always play, here, play well here. That's not the case. Um, all guys who have great short games play well here. That's not the case. Um, so it, it 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 it's just tough to pick one player, um, you know that that makes it makes it work. But I will say, typically when it's windy, and it's a hard golf course, the guys who are the greatest iron players typically, you know, shine. Sepp Straka is is a is a really good iron player. So, um, eighty six hundred bucks. Then I jump up to my last last week's prediction for the winner, Steven Yeager. He did not win. He finished finished third. This this guy is going to win in the next month and a half, two months. He will win. I don't know what it's what event it's going to be, when it's going to be. I would love it if it were this week, but um, at eighty eight hundred bucks, the guy's playing too good to not put him in the lineup. Um, and then jumping up, Shane Lowry for the same reasons you mentioned. Um, was it Mike? Did you have him or yeah, McLean? Yeah, Mike. Um, he's played really well here. He likes this golf course. Somehow this fits his eye. It doesn't fit anyone's eye, but it fits Shane Lauer's eye. So good for him. And then last but not least, 9,700 bucks, uh, Mr. Sung JM, who's obviously had uh, some success here in the past. And just one of those guys that's just really, really solid, solid player, ball striker, the whole nine yards. So I would imagine he would, again, you know, our the strategy for this, it, it, and you can look back at our, our post here. If we have six guys make the cut, more times than not, that player wins. And in, in, in and in a competition like this, it's just so competitive. But if you can have six, regardless if you pick the winner, like you can pick the winner and have two guys miss the cut and you lose. But if you have like six I did guys make, week. yeah, exactly. So if you have six guys make the cut, um, you've got a really good chance to accumulate a lot of points and win. So, and same thing with if you're going to play, if you're going to do DraftKings, and if you're going to do a GPP or a even a a cash game, especially a cash game, if you can get five, six guys to make the cut, you're in good shape. And even in a GPP, if you can get six guys to make the cut, um, you, you're going to have a good chance to cash and 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 put yourself in a good position. So, yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I'll be watching. I'll have family there on Saturday at the Bear Trap, and uh, we'll we'll be here to talk about Lift Golf Jetta. AK, yeah, we can. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a big story. Cognizant next week. So, all right, gents, it was a pleasure. Yep, as always. Later. Cheers.